Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Stonehenge, an iconic prehistoric stone circle in Wiltshire, has been surrounded by mystery for many years. Did it serve as a temple? Did it act as a sort of ancient calendar? Or does it even have astronomical links? The surrounding land was previously thought to be empty, with only grass fields and a few banks on the horizon in all directions. But a recent study called the Stonehenge Hidden Landscapes Project has shown this isn't the case. At the British Science Festival, I spoke to Vince Gaffney, a professor of landscape archaeology and geomatics at the University of Birmingham, about what makes this project so exciting. The reason the Stonehenge Hidden Landscapes Project is so, we think, exciting is that up till now, Stonehenge has largely sat in a landscape which is largely terra incognita. Even though it's the most studied landscape in the cosmos archaeologically, actually, we've tended to study in depth the things which we knew about in the landscape, the upstanding monuments, Stonehenge itself, obviously, round barrows, the Cursus monuments, great big monuments stretching across the landscape. But because of that, our interpretive position has tended to be based on the fact that we don't know anything about large amounts of the landscape. So what we wanted to do was to look in between the dots to see what we didn't know and give us the position where we could interpret on the basis of where things were and where things weren't. The way we did this, though, is exceptional. As part of a pan-European archaeological consortium, we have pooled our resources to produce the best, largest archaeogeophysical survey pool in Europe and probably the world. And radar, magnetometers, mobile arrays are all part of the circus, and they literally move from national project to national project. Stonehenge is, is, is an obvious one in global iconic terms, but it also can demonstrate what we don't know about monuments which are so famous and so well studied. Can you paint a picture for the audience? How large was this site? How many people were involved? How many years did this study take place over? The project itself has involved dozens of researchers, but it's covered 12 square kilometres, 4 to 8 metres resolution in some areas. That's never been achieved archaeologically before. And the speed it has been done is exceptional. In the late 90s, I did what was then considered the largest archaeogeophysical survey in the world. And I thought to myself at the end, can there be anything better? Well, we surpassed the amount of data that we had for the whole of that survey, which took four years and again involved researchers from France, Japan... America, across Britain, we surpassed that in probably the first three or four days of this survey. That's how much information is coming in. It is absolutely unique. So basically, we've created here the ultimate digital map of this landscape, and now it's going to require some sort of excavation digitally. So what kind of monuments are we seeing here? Well, we've gathered together today to look at the first output, and this is the first output, a single map of the data that we've produced, but it's not going to be the only output. We have terabytes of data to deal with and we have to merge it together we have to analyze it in depth we've got to interpret it and we've 
probably got to go you know, one step beyond in getting out the detailed information. We're working, for instance, with a colleague um, in Ningbo, China, in Nottingham campus there, on agent-based modelling. We're putting individual snippets of computer code which act like people simply to move across the um, landscape to see what happens when you have procession and then to compare that with the growth of the monuments over time. And it's the only way you can deal with this. We can dig sites, but we can't integrate them all uh, simply by trying to imagine it. We've got novel technologies to collect the data. We need novel technologies to analyse the data. So I understand you found, I think it was 17 monuments on this site. Can you give me an example? I think you spoke about a timber structure, perhaps maybe a burial ground. Could you tell me some more about that? At a headline level, we've got about 17 um, monuments which appear to be of the age of Stonehenge, the great age of Stonehenge. There are mini henges, there are segmented circles of various sorts. We've got coves, horseshoes in there as well. But that's only one type of monument. We have literally hundreds of other archaeological features or sites which are still to be interpreted and integrated. So do you think now, all these new techniques, we've talked about laser scanning, you've used geophysical tools, is this going to completely change the face of archaeological expeditions in the future? Is this going to be the starting point now for many new studies? We've been able to apply a vast array of techniques and technologies to the Stonehenge landscape. At this moment, it's unique. But like all technologies, it will cascade. For instance, laser scanning. When I first used laser scanners now 12 years ago they were very 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 expensive very few people had them but today they're becoming actually quite common in archaeological applications and I'm sure the same will be for the technologies we've used at Stonehenge but they've got to be used in places which are appropriate that's great because obviously undoubtedly Stonehenge is a very iconic place in England and I'm sure lots of visitors coming to the site would love to hear about these new findings. Do you think the heritage site is going to amend their trails and their signs now? Obviously this is all extremely new and we will be presenting our data to English Heritage and the National Trust. It will inevitably change how we understand that landscape and English Heritage and National Trust are passionate about understanding the landscape. There's of course a pity that Barack Obama didn't see it but he can come back. If you would like to find out more, check out the documentary Operation Stonehenge, What Lies Beneath on Thursday the 11th of September on BBC Two at 8pm.